And welcome back to another edition of Official Word Sports. I'm Vince. And I'm here with my co-host, Stevie D. Stevie D, another week in the books. And <laughs> another Bills blowout. Another Jets blowout. Listen, listen. For the last three weeks, I've given you, you know, first top billing. So there's no need to infringe. But since you feel the need to be there, this is what happens when the have-nots start to smell a little bit of what's going on. And so yeah. I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Oh, I don't enjoy want to go first. I'm just saying another blog. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your time. Right? We're, we're coming. We're coming for you. Week nine, baby. We're coming for you. Coming for who? <laughs> coming for who? Hey, you know, you, know you, you, you never know. Who, who are you, co- who the, are the you Jets, coming hey, for? The Jets have the Fox game of the week this week. Okay, Fox game of the week. We are the game. We have the top. We what have the top. Of the what games ever come on Fox? Well, they realize, you know what? We got to move the Jets over to Fox because we got to get these. Going, are, are, you go, are you going to the NFC? Is that what's happening? I, I don't even get me started into this whole. You you are an AFC team. Who are you playing? Green Bay. Oh, okay. Well, you're playing yeah. the NFC team. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you mean Green Bay has the game of the week? Is it, is that really? Actually, cool? they're saying the Jets <laughs> have the game of the week. So we're going to find out if these boys are going to be show up or not this 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 coming weekend here with the top billing of Kevin Burkhart. I think it's the, the main guy from Fox. It's not Summer All Madden, unfortunately. No, it's not. It's not. You don't even you you don't even get uh, Aikman and Buck anymore. I mean, they're they're gone. Well, Aikman may not have a job after this week. I don't know from what he said. Between him and Romo, oh, that that's a, that's a pair. You know, CBD. Because um, I'm just that nice guy. I'm going to allow you to go ahead and take the floor and talk about your Jets victory. I'm even going to lead you in to your Jets victory with your. Okay. So, you know, just like, you know, you know, when uh, you go to high school, they have the JV game. They always play early. And then under the lights is the varsity. So we're going to let the JV team go. Go, go, ahead, well, go ahead. We, we are we are the JV team, right, for now. There's no doubt, right? But we're up and coming. We're going to have some JVs going to varsity here pretty soon. But no, in all seriousness, you know, what can I say? I Anytime you can beat Miami. It's a great day. And we haven't beat Miami in a while, so it, it, it's it's a it was a it was a great day at, at uh, MetLife Stadium. Um, I thought the Jets put a complete game together. Um, there's so much to unpack here. Uh, we could talk about the first play of the game, right? The Jets are on defense. Gardner, Sauce Gardner comes out on on the the corner blitz. Bam! Drills Teddy Bridgewater, sets that tone. They get the um, uh, intentional grounding safety call. And then it was on from there. It was just the Jets' front four has just been really coming alive over the last few weeks. Carl Lawson's the second second in the league in quarterback pressures. 
behind uh, Nick Bosa. So Carl Lawson's getting his feet together underneath him coming back from the injury. And everybody's just feeding off. I think this is what Jet fans thought we were going to get last year with Robert Sala on the defense. Well, yeah, not so much. But now it's like everybody's feeding off each other. They're flying around the football field. It is so much fun to watch. Uh, everybody flying around to the ball, and they're hitting hard. Um, they're playing for each other. It's just really great to see on the defensive side of the ball. Um, but, you know, Quinton Williams um, is is just a beast. I'm hoping he's going to get to the Pro Bowl this year. He had a really, really good game. It was kind of nice to watch him, you know, throw Tyreek Hill down to the ground. I don't know if you saw the highlights of that one on the on the, the sack fumble. He picks up the ball, and Tariq, yeah, tries to get in front of Quinton Williams. Yeah, that didn't end well for Tariq, Tariq Hill yesterday, I mean, on Sunday. So. Um, but really the front four and CJ being the anchor there in the center, it's just amazing. And you remember this from a couple of years ago when we played you in opening day, it was like the jet defense was very different with CJ on the field than when he's not on the field. It really is that, that drill sergeant in there in the middle. And then, you know, sauce and DJ Reed are just really feeding off each other. I mean, sauce Gardner's numbers as a whole for a rookie cornerback is, is really is a, as advertised. So, uh, good, good for him. Um, Offensive side of the ball, you know, Brees Hall, you know, put it together, right? Receiving, 100 yards receiving, 97 yards rushing. Um, he had a touchdown, 197 total yards. Um, and then Zach Wilson, again, it wasn't it wasn't sexy. It was 14 to 21 for a little over 200 yards, no turnovers. They had five rushing touchdowns. He threw the ball where it needed to be, and he didn't force anything downfield. You know, people remember, this is only his 15th game he's ever started. And you just kind of see it all coming together here for the Jets. And a lot of people said, oh, the Jets are going to start the year two and seven, you know, one and eight. You know, the first nine games are going to be are going to be ridiculously hard. But you know what? A lot of these kids, are, these rookies are saying, I don't know what you're talking about with this one and eight talk. We're winners and um, and, and we're picked high for a reason. And, and they're showing up and it's really fun and exciting to watch this young core, um, you know, play together. Uh, so, uh, you know, it was 19-7, and all of a sudden, then the nerves started coming in, and then the, the, the offense started making that little little bit of a run with uh, with the seventh-round pick. Um, what's his name? Tom, Thompson? Skyler Moore. Skyler Moore. Wasn't it Skyler? Skyler. Thompson? Okay. Yeah. And the seventh-round pick, and then it started coming together a little bit for him, and um, and then it was 19-17, and then the fourth quarter started, and, yeah, it didn't end well. Uh, for the Miami Dolphins because we scored the touchdown and we had the strip sack fumble. We scored a touchdown. We had two touchdowns in like two two minutes, and then we got one um, towards towards the end there uh, to really put it out of reach. And Jets won forty to uh, uh, seventeen. And so when I look at this, the Jets as a whole, right? We talked about this weeks back with a young football team, right? You got to learn how to win a football game, right? So you play Cleveland, and it was a miracle. Right. That stuff doesn't happen. The last time that happened in the NFL was 2001. Right. So they still had to make the plays. They had to get the onside kick. They had to score the quick touchdown. They had to then drive down the field and, and score the game winner. Right. So you had to get the touchdown, the onside kick, another touchdown. You made your plays. Miracle, but you made the plays. And then you get to Pittsburgh, Zach's first game back, you know, two weeks ago. Hey, Terry. And you, and you look hey, at, Terry. um, you look at, you know, Zach Wilson's first game back, his first time getting on the field in six weeks, uh, and you watch the comeback against the Pittsburgh Steelers come down with, with the two touchdowns there in the fourth quarter, and you win that game. Now all of a sudden, 
You have two double-digit fourth-quarter comeback victories already uh, in the first four weeks. You got two of them. And you got your rookie quarterback to, to lead them in the first game back and with two really good scoring drives. Now, all of a sudden, you get to week five, and you had your lead, and then it was slipping away. And what we always say about young football teams, can you put it away in the fourth quarter? Can you put them away? And uh, <laughs> we're going to get to your game, buddy boy. Um, and then, but then you watch the Jets and that young team, you know, make the plays and, and, and really separate and, and then put the, uh, you know, put a 40 burger up on, on the, uh, on the Dolphins. So again, in five weeks, you saw some really good fourth quarter football out of a young football team. And so again, they're, they're not the top tier program. They're not the second tier program, right. But they're moving up from the fifth to the fourth. They're kind of in that third tier. Right. Keep keep making plays, those young players and and keep showing that uh, you guys can do it on, on the big stage. And, you know, this week we got Aaron Rodgers. Right. He's still a quarterback. Good quarterback. Um, the receiving core is not anywhere near top tier. So I'm curious to see how our secondary is going to play that. And will our front four kind of step up on that? And, you know, can the Jets get to, you know, the four and two? All right. Um, and uh, so either way, it was a good week. It just. You know, I'm excited. It's uh, they've won three of the last four. I don't know. You know, you know when you're such the doormat. Not, I have I have not seen you so calm, so happy. You, you're a different person right now. I, I mean, you, your aura that you're exuding yeah. is is yeah. so different because of the jet win. Well, I, I'm, I'm afraid it. what's going to happen, right? Don't oh, I don't, I'm afraid of week nine. I'm going to tell you that right now. I was talking to people at work. Like, man, I just don't want that. Don't We're not ready for that week high. nine. Well, well I'm it, not even saying week nine. You're at a good place. We're at a good you place. Should stay kids, at this good right? place. It, 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 it's it's the kids all coming together and they're playing really good football, smart football. They're really young, talented. And like it's like anything else when you see a, a team that stinks for so long, and then you start hitting on your picks you see the progression of teams. You see it in other sports as well. When you look at the last two drafts from the Jets, they've really had an impact to this, to this franchise. And so now, you know, you're seeing the fruits of the, those last two drafts and we got a long way to go. I'm not, I'm not proclaiming that we're a playoff team, but it's fun and exciting to watch those kids play and the light bulbs turn on and every game they're getting a little bit faster and they're understanding the schemes and all the stuff's going in week week after week. And and so when you look at the Jets have won three to last four, Jets haven't won. I mean, it was Adam Gase's last year. I mean, we got lucky towards the end of that year. We won what six of eight. Everybody like, oh, Adam Gase, right? And it didn't really pan out really well after that. But I just look at the the young talent that they have, and it's coming together. The light bulb's coming on. They're playing really fast football. Uh, but again, we are that three that third tier, right? I mean. I might look Miami Dolphins weren't healthy, right? And I like to see when they were healthy, but you can only play what's in front of you. And all they did was they won by 23. I, you can't penalize the jets because Bridgewater got hurt on the first play. Right. Um, and they had some guys out in the secondary for Miami. You know what? Nobody, nobody thought of us when the jets, when we had to go play with uh, Joe Flacco and our back end tackles with uh, Joe Flacco as quarterback. Nobody had sympathy for us. Nobody said, Oh, poor jets. They had all those injuries there. And, well, you know what? No, nobody cared. They lost the game. And so I don't care about Miami's injuries because it's all part of the game. But Wow. Uh, wow. I, you know, listening to you, little cockiness coming over there. Nobody cared about yeah. us. It, it's yeah. the Jets versus the world. 
If you got to have that mentality, right? We're, we're collecting receipts, man. We are collecting receipts on everybody. Uh, we are collecting okay. receipts. Okay. So that's really right. the Jets. I mean, it, you know, it's All nice. Right. It's nice to have a two-game winning streak, and I, I think they have a good opportunity to beat Green Bay to, to get three in a row. And, you know, it's like well, anything else. You know this. All of a sudden, look at the Bengals, right, and what they did last year. You get a little momentum. I'm not saying that the Bengals, right? But you get that little bit of confidence, and you know you can you can put some wins together. So, yeah. Okay. So we thank the JV cheerleaders for their little uh, little montage, and you know watching the JV team. That, that well, I'm so proud of you guys that you guys finally beat the Steelers. Varsity. Uh, the varsity team came out. Uh, right, I'm way, glad that you finally beat the Steelers. Three, three of the last four. Check your stats. We well, you lost last year. You lost last year in opening day. We W's like Jameis says. Wait That's a minute. Right. Didn't you three of the last four, we've beaten the Steelers. Remember that. Remember the fact that when remember we that, the Steelers, I remember that loss cost you the number the one. fact that when we played the Steelers this year, mm-hmm. the game was over by the third quarter. Once again, I got a full dose of 15 minutes of Case Keenum because Josh Allen was taken out of the game because the game was so far out of hand. Just remember that as Zach is sitting there playing and actually we, having we to be the there Steelers for the victory too. formation. We beat the Steelers. We beat the Steelers. Y- yeah. Big and, we had well, a victory well, formation it? against the Steelers. Yeah, sitting on the sideline, chilling. That's yeah. what he was doing. Because that's he was because, afraid that they were going to get the hurt. third play of the game, Josh Allen drops back in his end zone, thanks to Taiwan Jones in that fumble at the goal line. Thank you. But I think this was all part of the plan. He said, hey, let's back it all the way up to the two. All right. We're going to call some run and play to Singletary that everybody knows, and you know we'll get stopped. And then Gabe Davis, I just want you to run a nice little post pattern and I'm going to hit you in stride. And there he goes, 98 yards for the touchdown, third play of the game. Incredible. Incredible. The place, the roof is going, going, you know, just blowing, being blown off. And then things got a little weird. It got a little weird. Uh, you know, there was a fumble on the ensuing kickoff, and we really couldn't convert that, you know, just a little, little sloppy play. I think everybody was, was still – in in just pandemonium type state after that. Um, and then you just saw the, the offense just clicking on all cylinders, even with the injuries. We you, You've talked about your injuries. I've talked about the litany of injuries that the Bills have had, right? And guys are starting to get healthy, but we still had McKenzie who was out with a concussion protocol. And there were some other guys around. So that gave time for the rookies to come up. We talked about the rookies during – during our, our preview, right, and talking about the depth, right? So you had Khalil Shakir come in there and just dominate, right, it, it, to the point in which we had talked about before, right? This is your fifth-round pick out of Boise State. But he was playing where, really, you need to reevaluate McKenzie in that slot and maybe put Shakir in that slot, right? And, and he fits in there nicely, didn't miss a beat, running great drags and being able to get that yak the yard after the catch. That was awesome to see him do that. He had Isaiah Hodgkins in there. Yeah, he was a guy that we had to bring up, elevate from the practice squad. He came in there probably because of the Kumaro injury, but he played well. And then you continue just to look. And again, the health uh, of the team coming back, that was great. Dawson Knox was out of the game. Have no fear, right? Quentin Morris was in there. Uh, big fella, right, that could rumble. And, and you saw him do some things. 
it, it really was a good sight. It was even great to see James Cook take one to the house, right? Um, especially, you know, we talked about the opening game fumble, right? We talked about the drop passes. Um, he, he's done some things, but this was really great, and you could see the potential that he has. I, I was very happy with that. Again, this game was over early uh, to the point where I'm sitting at halftime like, do we even need to come out for the third quarter, right? Well, at one um, point you say, just get my starters out there, so why don't we get a stupid injury, right, and a and, blowout and that's win? What, that's exactly what I was thinking at halftime. And, and I get that you had to come out, right? I would have been happy just running the ball the entire second half. Right. But, you know, you wanted to get dig some numbers. He ended up getting his 100 yards and a touch. Right. Um, and you wanted Allen. He goes for 400 yards, uh, 300 in the first half. Right. Like 358 it, in the first half. I'm like, it, it just ridiculous numbers. I mean, this was this was fantasy stats. But I'm going to tell you, Stevie D. So one thing. And I, I'm glad that I was able to center myself and put the team in front of me, right? Oh, because, you're talking about fantasy football. <laughs> well, and, and I have to be clear about this. So I have always been very steadfast in the belief that I cannot have a Buffalo Bill on my fantasy team. It's almost like uh, the, the oil and water. Even though I love my team, and I want to have all those guys on my fantasy roster, it seems that when I do that, that somehow there's a reverse curse or a jinx onto that particular player. And it's happened through the years. And I keep saying to myself, don't do it, don't do it. But you can't. You, you gravitate to the guys on your team. So this year, thank goodness, Josh Allen was stolen from me, right? A few picks before. I was okay with that. Diggs was stolen from me. I was I was okay with that. And I said, you know, then I, I got this guy on this shoulder, right? This guy saying, don't do it. This guy saying, do it. Gabriel Davis is out there. I'm like, oh, go do it, right? There's no such thing as the, the Vince Cole's fantasy football jinx. Go do it, right? So I went and I got him. I got him. And here's Gabe Davis, first game. Touchdown. Ooh, but comes up a little lame. <laughs> oh. I think there's something to that, right? And then you watch over the next three weeks, and I'm like, this is my fault. This is my fault. Gabriel Davis, I apologize, right? That None of this should have happened to you. This is my fault. So very quickly, I went and I, I, I did what I had to do, putting the team in front of me, understanding that we have a goal at the end of the year. I have these players that need to be out there. I made the trade. You have to get off the team. And lo and behold, you saw what happened this past Sunday. Three catches, 171, and two touchdowns. Incredible. You're right. Now, Gabriel, I know you had something to do with it. Josh, you had something to do with it. But at the end of the day, you know, you left Team Young Guns, and that's good. I'm glad you're gone. And I want you to experience all the success that you can opposite side, Stefan Diggs. Josh, I want you to realize that you have multiple weapons, which I already know you know. You have multiple weapons that can slice and dice, right? If you want to look at any of the other teams out there, I'm going to tell you that's a trio nobody can touch right now. There is nobody in this league that can touch that trio between Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and Gabriel Davis. They Lights out. 
right? You can hit him long. Either one can go deep. You have Gabriel Davis that the toe tap swag is just insane, right? Him, the way he's able to work that sideline. And then you have Diggs. Diggs can run any route on the tree, right? You you put it out there, he can run it. So, uh, you know, again, I'm not going to take full credit. Won't do that. But I just want you to know that, it, you know, we thought of the greater good. And so we had to let him go. But, uh, you know, Stevie D, looking, looking at that team, looking at the defense, the way that the defense is performing, very high level, you're getting contributions across the board. I thought it was – I thought that that performance was very good. Now, again, granted, Pittsburgh is what it is, right? Um, I do think that Pittsburgh has a bright future. I really do. Looking yeah, at George, this kid, George Pickens, Pickens, that's right. Looking at Pickens, looking at Kenny Pickett, right? I think Kenny Pickett is, is the real deal. Um, Kenny Pickett Harris, better watch I, it. Kenny Pickett better well, watch it. He's picking on some big boys over there. <laughs> but that's okay. That that that's a that's a respecting, right? That that definitely is respecting that he's not to be he, he's not going to be intimidated, right? You got Najee Harris in the backfield. They they have to shore up some things on that offensive line. They have to get rid of Deontay Johnson. They have got to get rid of him. This guy couldn't catch two years ago, couldn't catch last year, and can't catch this year. Right. I'm not going to throw out the jokes that he can't catch a cold, but he can't catch. Right. And, you know, there there were a couple plays to be made out there. Couldn't get his feet down. Right. But when I look at Pittsburgh going forward, really, they just need to address the defense. That That's really where they need to address Cam Hayward. And I know we're not talking about the city, but I just, you know, I, I'm looking at a team that really is on the cusp. And it's similar to your Jets. And it's weird because they've always been eight and eight and better. Right. They've always been it. But all of a sudden they just have to make these adjustments and understand that this offensive side of the ball can can do it. And Tomlin, of course, I, Tomlin's a great coach. And I, I think he, he'll get this ship turned around for them. Stevie D, there, there are some speculations, though. Right. Because when you look at the bills, uh, if you were to say, what is your Achilles heel? What is your weakness? Right. I think everybody can point to the fact that we don't have a consistent running game. And right now, our running game is Josh Allen, right? Singletary may may do one or two runs. Cook may do one or two runs. Moss may do one or two runs. But you're not consistent. And so but, now but the speculation. they give him the ball, right? But they, they, they do. We're going to get into the speculation. But do they get enough carries? Like – you mentioned three running backs, and you, the old saying is, "Well, you have three running backs, you don't have one, right?" But mm-hmm. but you drafted Cook, right? You were high on on Cook. You called him the best back in the game, in that game, in 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 the draft, right? Give him the ball. Are you giving him the ball? So Cook was I mean, brought I, in. Cook was brought in to catch, to catch passes. He he oh, wasn't Cook was a pass catcher. He, oh, he was okay. now he okay. has the ability to run. He was a good runner in Georgia. He he really was. And in the bloodlines, right? You know, so, but that was his role. The, their feature back is okay. Devin Singletary, with uh, Zach Moss being more that pounded, short yardage type, goal line type back. Okay, um, I didn't realize Cook was more of a, a pass catcher than he was a, you yeah. know, lining up 15, 20 times type of type of back. Well, he's been getting that kind of run because you blow out everybody and you pull everybody by the end of the third quarter. Next thing you know, just hand it off to Cook, right? He did that a couple games ago. He, he's done that here um, in, in the Pittsburgh game. But you, you have to 
you have to think about what is the what is your Achilles heel and how do you address that, right? It's a very much a passing team in a passing league. So you have to balance how heavy do you want to rely on the running game, right? But I think what the speculation is that's floating around out there now is Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, there, there was a big shakeup and, you know, now, you know, they have to go through, you know, where, where is our future? You know, what do we have as assets? We saw the Jets do that when they uh, let go of uh, Jamal Adams, right? Send him over to Seattle. Uh, some of the other players that you Leonard Williams went, Leonard Williams went, Sam went. I mean, it, yep. anything that had value, you you traded. And so now Carolina's in the in the in the same predicament. I I kind of think of the Yankees a little bit here sometimes. 2016 right? when they traded everybody. No, 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 no. no. Um, the Yankees have made trades, and you could speak to this, but the Yankees have made trades to prevent. The Red Sox from acquiring that yeah, player. Yeah, that's right. The blocks. Yeah. Uh, and teams used to do that in baseball around the waiver wire trades. Put a claim into a guy because you were higher up on the food chain and blocked the trade at the trade, you know, after July 31st. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I, I really like I really like the fact that you, you have – there's Jay. Yeah, absolutely. I like the fact that you have McCaffrey on the board by, you know – it, you're, you're weighing these scales when you look at McCaffrey, right? Biggest thing that that is the albatross is that contract. Now there, there is some friendliness to, to the contract, right? But it, it's still a heavy weight on that contract. Then to get this guy, right. Who's a top rated player in the league, you're going to have to give up some assets, right? Between players and picks, you're going to have to give up something, and the question is, are you in the mindset, which I think they are, of all in, right? If you're all in, you have to make the move, right? I'm a little conservative when it gets to the, when I get to this point, Stevie D, because I feel as though I have the base. I feel I have more than the base, right? So do I want to forego future first-round picks No. for a guy who will be with me for one or two years, maybe yeah, a no. guy who's been injury prone, a guy yeah. whose contract is going to ruin the rest of my ability to re-sign players. Do I want to do that? What what yeah. happens on the back end? But then I look at the other side, Stevie yeah. D. If I get the CMC that we've seen a little bit this year, but that we've seen in years past, match with Josh Allen, match with Stefan Diggs, match with Gabriel Davis, match with Isaiah McKenzie, match with Khalil Shakir, match with Dawson Knox. He's never seen that before, right? He, he's going to have running lanes all over the place. It's it's uh, it's something you got to think about. You think I, about yeah, it, but, but you, you know, I know you don't like me talking about it, but I, I don't see a team that can take you guys out. Uh, AJ Dillon is the future for Green Bay. He's they're not trading him. You may get Aaron Jones before you're going to get AJ Dillon. See, I like AJ Dillon. That, so that's the type of, I, I've talked about this. That's the type of back that I like. It yeah. really is, right? The bigger back. I, truth be told, if you had if you had him, that that would be a very interesting concept. Yeah, I just to you you guys score hey, Steve, and you move. The, you know. When I look at the Buffalo Bills and I look at offensively, right, I just see the Buffalo Bills as 
they don't need Christian McCaffrey to win a Super Bowl or the exhibition game. My bad, Vince. My bad. I don't want to give you the the, the wrong thing there and, and ruin your chances there. But I don't think Buffalo needs to make and give up first round, second round type talent and multiple picks. Take on that contract for him. I, I think your chemistry that you have offensively right now is really good. And I, I just think it's a nice luxury to have, but I wouldn't want to trade my picks where I can keep this train going even longer because I have those picks, right? Because don't look at it as one year you win it and then everybody's gone, right? I, I just don't think that's the right answer for the Buffalo Bills. I think you you go into battle what you have because you're scoring 35 points a game. You're, you're It's a track meet up and down the field. You got weapons everywhere. Keep those draft picks because when you when you want to let a veteran go because you don't want to pay them, then you have the draft capital, you know, the draft a player to replace that player. So I think the, the right move for the Buffalo Bills is stand pat, go to battle with what you have. I, I just think you guys are the beast of the AFC, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the Kansas City Chiefs, but I don't look at the Kansas City Chiefs defensively. They don't match up to the Buffalo Bills defense. Offensively, they're nowhere near the Buffalo Bills. I'm sorry, Kansas City. I am sorry. You're nowhere near the Buffalo Bills offensively. The loss of Tyreek Hill right now is really showing that the Chiefs cannot stretch the field. They don't have anybody to stretch the field. Now, I thought Sky Moore, the the rookie wide receiver, was going to get more of an opportunity uh, to get on the football field and maybe stretch it a little bit. But he's not on the field. He They're not throwing it to him. And I, and I just look at Buffalo and I say, man, they can throw it deep. They can go underneath. They can dump it off to Cook, right? Again, okay, your running game, Josh Allen's your running game. But you know it's working? It's working. And I still think Devin Singletary can, can get you the yards you need because you still got plenty of weapons. I would. If you can get him for a third-round pick, you, 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 you were going on and on and on, and, and Mellon reared its ugly head again. So, yeah. <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm having power issues here at the house, DVD. So that's why mm-hmm. I kind of need you to to run the show. I will just say, um, I I heard you on the chemistry, and I agree with you on the chemistry. Um, that the the chemistry is the key thing right now. That locker room is great yeah. in bringing in a Christian McCaffrey, a guy that hasn't been to training camp, hasn't done bowling night, hasn't done the sleepovers. Right. And then all of a sudden comes in, but also he brings a little bit of cachet to it. So, but, but yeah, he does. But now all of a sudden you, you, what, what's it? Uh... <laughs> but you know, well, it's hold, like... hold, hold on. I, I, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's interesting uh, when we talk chemistry. What does that do to, to Moss and Singletary and Cook? They're saying, well, wait a minute. You already have three backs. And all of a sudden you're going to go out and McCaffrey? Man, I, I just think what what it can do in that, that locker room. And then if McCaffrey gets hurt, how do you go back to those players and, and, and not be – I don't know, man. I, I wouldn't do it. There's so much there I wouldn't do. And I'm not saying it because as a Jet fan, I don't want to see McCaffrey in the division. The Jets are not at that level where we can compete right now with Buffalo. And so uh, I'm not I'm, – I'm worried about – I'm just worried about 
taking over Miami, New England, and locking down that second spot. And, and everything else is gravy on top of that. Uh, it's building blocks. But if I'm Buffalo, I don't need to make that trade. I'm, I'm the elite team in the AFC. Who else is going to take them out? It's not going to be Kansas City. It's sure not going to be Miami. And who you got? The Bengals? No, please. Right? What do you got? It's not, I, mean, I don't know who else it would be. It's not going to be Tennessee. So Buffalo is the class um, of the AFC. And, uh, you know, the only thing that could derail them are themselves, really. You know, b- poor coaching decisions, bad play calling, you know, injury in a key spot. That's the only thing that's going to derail this team. Other than that, if they keep playing the way they're playing it, they're going to steamroll through the through the AFC. And, you know, some of the things that they did last year, I thought they took some of their opponents pretty lightly, and, and they got some losses that they shouldn't have had. And, you know, that came back to bite them in the butt because they could have been a number one seed. Now, all of a sudden, they were, I think, a three seed um, in, in the AFC because of the, the loss to the Steelers on week one. Or you take the loss to the Titans, that, that, that shouldn't happen. Obviously, the loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? So any one of those losses – that doesn't happen. They're the one seed. And I think last year would be totally different. Now, all of a sudden you go into this year, you're a year smarter, a year wiser. Um, and, and, and have this confidence in this swag. I mean, Buffalo's got this swag about them that, and that aura of confidence. And that's, you know, you're going into teams and people are like, Oh, here comes Buffalo. Right. And you're almost psyching them out. Um, so anyway, I don't like talking about Buffalo like this. It's ugh, a bad taste in my mouth, but. Um, it is what it is. So, um, my man Vince is having some power problems. So, uh, I'm kind of flying solo here right now. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of jump on a, on a, another topic here. Um, Jay, it's going to be for you, Jay, uh, if you're, you're still out there. Um, and we're going to talk about the Eagles and Cardinals, right? And so that was an interesting football game where, uh, you know, the Eagles went up early, um, and was really kind of dominating that game. And then the Cardinals started coming back and made it a game in the fourth quarter. And what was interesting there um, in, in that end of that game, if you haven't seen it, it, it came down that the Cardinals were driving, trying to get in the field goal range. It's a, it's a one-point game, and uh, they're driving, and it's it's second down and 10, I'll call it, second and 10. Kyle Murray gets kind of flush, and he takes off with the football. And so he decides to slide. And when he slides, he could have had the first down if he just kind of tucks his shoulder down, does a dive, easily gets the first down. But because it's second down and he didn't get, he went into the feet first slide, what happened there was he came up short. And now it's third and one. Well, there's hardly any time left on the clock. Tick, 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 right? And so what does Cliff Cliff Kingsbury got to do? He's got to spike the football. So now it's fourth and one. With like I don't know, twenty-two seconds left, and they got to you know trot out their kicker, uh, Matt Amendola, try and kick a fifty-eight, fifty-nine yard field goal at, at the end of the game, and he's kicking on the side of the field that in warm-ups all game long he, he's wide right. It's not even close, right? I mean he's missing it. Uh, and what does he do? He goes wide right at the last play of the game. And uh, I'm thinking, and I and I, I put this on Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray, it's like you're getting paid. Elite quarterback money. We're talking 45 mil a year. That's elite quarterback money. How can you not know down and distance, time on the clock, and you're going to slide feet first and not get the...
All right. Let me just tell you what just happened. All right. I got off the call from NFL or somebody supposedly tied to the NFL. And the Arizona Cardinals are not happy with what's going on with the podcast DVD. Um, I thought I was having power issues. I Something was going on. And somehow, whether we were hacked, whether there were some uh, bad actors that were out there, you know, that's what you like to call them, uh, or that the NFL or somebody associated with the NFL was the bad actor, not sure. But somehow, Stevie D, as we were talking about Kyler Murray, we were talking about the Arizona Cardinals, all of a sudden, they, I was had some difficulties. We'll just say that. And then Stevie D, as you were just just talking about Kyler Murray and sliding and not knowing the clock management, then all of a sudden everything goes haywire. But you know what, Stevie D? It doesn't matter what they try to do. Our message is important. And we're going to get it out there for the fans of OW Sports and really for the world to hear. Because, you know, at the end of the day, who are we? We're two fans, two guys, just telling it the way we see it, right? We're more of the people. We are. We're, we're the men of the people. So you, with without further ado, Stevie D, you were talking about the clock and not being aware of what's going on in the game. Tick, 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 tick. Kyler Murray, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it just goes back to by him sliding feet first, it, you know, it stops right there, right? And then they have to down the ball because they got no time left, so they get the kicker on. And so now it's fourth and one, and now he's got to kick your 58-59. Remember, this is Matt Amendola, who's been bounced around. He was with a different team earlier in the year, got cut because their kicker was hurt. I believe it was the Kansas City Chiefs, and now, now he's over here, right? And so it's like, dude, you're asking a guy that's not getting normal reps to go in and kick your 58-59 yarder. And literally, all warm-ups before the game was to the right. Not by inches to the right, to the right, by feet. Right, mm-hmm. 10 and 12 feet to the right. And he lined it up. I mean, they were talking about it, you know, as he was lining up, man. He's been missing from this side of the field all warm-ups. Every single kick was to the right. Not three out of five, not three out of six, every kick. Sure enough, boom, to, to the right. And and I just look at Kyler Murray and say, Hey, I know I, I know I brought up the money. Right, and it bothers me. Players that are making a ton of money that don't have the the football sense, right? You know that Madden rating. Go back to that Madden rating, right? That awareness rating, he's like a fifty-five, right? Maybe he's rated eighty-five in the game. He's really a fifty-five because there's no way you should be sliding feet first when you're down to. It's like throwing a wide receiver, and the wide receiver decides to cut back in. Why are you cutting back in, dude? You gotta get out, right? No different for a quarterback. And you're supposed to know everything that's going on, unacceptable uh, by the quarterback. And um, you know what? Maybe he gets down, he gets the first down, they spike it. You got 22 seconds left. You throw a quick out for 8 to 10 yards. Now you're at a 49-yard field goal, maybe a 51. Now all of a sudden that hook, maybe it hooks in. Right? You get lucky. So the only thing he did was he kept on the left hash. I'll give him that one. He kept on the left hash. They helped him out as best he could, but – no, I, I just call him Mighty Mouse, right? And I I don't know. Uh, no disrespect to Kyler with that, but uh, and not trying to go into Troy Aikman territory with that statement. <laughs> but uh, you know, he, he just 
he just runs around to me, right? I remember when we played them and, you know, just watching him. I, I always saw the highlights, right? And the highlights you always see are the spectacular plays. But when you get a chance to watch it for the full 60 minutes, I'm not <laughs> impressed, DVD. I'm not. I'm not yeah, you, you you have said that. Uh, you know, I always like to re- kind of reserve judgment and give a give the kid a few years, any quarterback a few years. But you called it from day one. You just weren't a fan, and you know, each year he's actually gotten. I don't think he's gotten better. He's kind of gone down year after year a little bit. So, yeah. So, Kyler, if if you are listening, because we know what the Cardinals tried to do, um, but if you are listening, baseball is still an option. Just remember that. All right, you, you're. You still got some some meat on the bone there, so you know Chris Winky did the opposite, but you 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 can come and you know go play a little baseball. All right, Stevie D, um, let let's move away from that now, um, and you know I guess we need to be careful from the team there uh, that plays in Arrowhead because, uh, or actually they changed the name, didn't they? The well, it's Gia Field. Well, G E H A. They don't like when you call it Gia Field. They 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 pronounce their company name G E H A. So, why don't they put like dashes in there? It would make sense. <laughs> so until they put the dashes, I'm going to call it Gia well, Field. They, 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 they do capitalize each letter, so I'll, I'll give them that one. Maybe that's the 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 trigger to call it G E H A. But I always thought you need a dash or a period or something like that. When know. I'm on the gram, if I got it all caps, that just means I'm shouting. Well, you know, it's twenty-two, right? You're right. You're, you know. I'm, I'm on. I'm on. I'm in the gram. You know, we we got to figure out what Generation Z and and, and the Millennials and <laughs> Generation X and and, and the baby. We got to get all in alignment here because I think we're just out of alignment through the generations. We so are. <laughs> Actually, I'm not promoting any business, but there's a company that talks about like, don't do what your parents do. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> those are good. Those are good. Those are good. Those are really good. And I, I think I'm like that's almost me right there. And he's talking about some of the stuff I do. So, but anyways, Chiefs Raiders, right? A lot to unpack here. Um, I know that my Bills have the Chiefs coming up. I looked at this like a trap game, right? Because I really did not think that the Chiefs took the Raiders. Uh, seriously, until the infamous uh, roughing the passer call. Yeah. Well, you know, OW Sports w- was there live, right? We we actually went live on IG uh, from from the field, so uh, we did some live uh, screens from the game, and uh, it was uh, it was an interesting football game. You're right on that one. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs were actually sleeping. Through that first quarter, through that first, I'll say 21, 22 minutes of the game, it was um, it was just bizarre. Everything went against them, right? The Raiders get the ball, they do a fake punt for a touchdown. It goes to like sixty five yards for a touchdown, right? It just seemed everything went the Raiders' way. The first, right? It was seventeen nothing, and it was everything was going their way. And do you, do you think the Raiders knew that the Chiefs called this as kind of their trap game? No, because I think it's a division game, a rival. Look, the, the Raiders have come in there in recent years and have won uh, against the Chiefs. So sure, I don't know but, if they looked but, at it. But all the hype 
really for the last two plus weeks now has been you see the commercials revenge right i don't consider it revenge right as a bills fan we're the ones that lost right 13 seconds we're, we're the ones that lost but you have different players you have you know, just the the whole makeup, it may be similar, but it's still different. So well, it's not the same team. It's not like you played the following no, week. No, well, look, uh, it's it's this it's the different coaching staff, right? It's pretty much the same players besides Devontae Adams. Other than that, it, it's pretty much the same team. Um, I, oh, I don't. I'm t- I'm talking about the Bills. The Bills Chiefs game is the one they're hyping up as the trap game, right? So Adams. You know the the Raider the Raider Chief game. I think the Chiefs were overlooking the Raiders for the game that's coming the week after. You know, I don't I don't know how you overlook a Monday night game uh, when the all lights and everybody's on you. It's not like that that you know that's you know that three three start that four o'clock start game. I got to say three o'clock out here in the Midwest, but you know that four o'clock start. You know. Nobody sometimes really pays attention to four games, so you can get kind of caught underneath there and as a snooze fest. I don't know Monday night under the lights. I they came out flat and the Raiders just punched them in the mouth. It was just kind of weird. It was like being in this sea of red over there. I'm just like, what's going on over here? Like I'm having fun with it because I'm telling all the fans around me, I'm like, just realize if you guys lose tonight, you got the same record as the Jets. So I don't want to hear nothing. So I was, I mean, I was in high heaven here, right? And they're down seventeen nothing. It's great. Hold up, wait a minute. I, I have to ask you. It's time! Wait a minute. What did you wear to the game? Uh, sweatshirt. What color was the sweatshirt? Uh, red and gold. Things you had to do to get a ticket to a game. When in Rome? I had to do it. But the sweatshirt is gone now. <laughs> Were you a Trojan horse? Well, maybe. <laughs> it, did you? Well, hold on. Did you have number 17 DeBerg on the back of that? No. Okay, DeBerg. So <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> well, if I would have said, did you have Derek Thomas on the back? You know, Derek Thomas was legit, right? So I, I can see that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little worried about you over there. Yeah. No, well, don't be worried. But when they were down 17 nothing, and then the play happened. I'm just going to call it the play. And it changed everything. It literally changed everything. I, you know, I was – I've been – you know, I've been in Kansas City now for 12 years, right? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. At one point, we got season tickets, like, when Richard was, like, seven or eight. We, we went and did it. And, and as a family, we, we tried to go to the games, right? Dino was trying to get in the football. I said, again, whatever. listeners of OW Sports, you hear this. Uh, just, tickets, let me get well, in, in the red and orange. So, okay, let me tell the story. So, so we went to one year, and then all of a sudden, Richard started going into into the baseball, and and so that that stopped, right? So we did one year. So we were at the game when they were going back and forth with Seattle week after week of the loudest stadium. So we were up in the nosebleed section. Uh, that's where our tickets were, and. I didn't think Arrowhead was that loud. I was like, okay. They set the record. I was We were at the game. They set the record. And the following week, Seattle took it away. And, and like three weeks later, the Chiefs took it back. But that night, Monday night, 
being down low. I mean, we were down low. We were like 20 rows, 27 rows back from the field. It was so deafening loud. Now I understand how they're the loudest stadium in the NFL. Being down so – the difference of being up versus low, it was vib- – the concrete was vibrating underneath my feet. Mm. I couldn't believe that. Now, I've been at Yankee Stadium for playoff games where it got really crazy in 96, where, I like, the upper deck was swaying. This was a vibration of just the, of the loudness when they were booing the ref. I mean, it got so loud. Ref, you bleep. Ref, you bleep. And yeah. it was coming through clear. Yeah, it Clear. was. Uh, it it was. Uh, it was crazy because you know Sean, the glue barber, right? He was at the game. I'm like, hey, you know, want to meet up in the second half? He's like, once that play happened, and the fans were getting crazy. He's like, I can't get to that part of the stadium because security won't let me through because of the the refs. They were really afraid from a security standpoint that it was really going to get out of control with the refs. That's, I mean, because it, it came through on TV and the security was like, no, they locked certain things down. You couldn't do so it. Let's talk, let, let's talk about that, right? So actually, before we get to that one, right, and depending how we want to do it, this was the worst weekend for roughing the passer calls in the NFL <laughs> ever, right? Uh, earlier in the day, you had the – or the, the, that Sunday, you had Grady Jarrett being flagged for roughing the passer on Tom Brady, right? And I think we have all seen the video. If you haven't, uh, you have to go find that video where Grady Jarrett grabs Brady. He So he comes around the end, and his momentum, he reaches out and he grabs Brady around the waist. And his momentum of Grady Jarrett is bringing him to the ground and allows Tom Brady to fall on top of him as he goes down and he goes over to the side. Legitimate sack. It has been a legitimate sack since the day they started passing in football, right? Even with all the rules changes. That's just a legitimate legitimate tackle on any player, whether you're a quarterback or not. It's just a legitimate tackle. And it wasn't. It was not to the extent of what happened to Tua. Tua was just thrown in size, obviously. Tua was thrown to the ground like a rag doll, right? That this didn't happen. And, and, which is still a legal play what the guy did. It's still, that game. It's still right. a legal hit. You're absolutely right. Now, with Brady, there was the rule at after his injury where you can't hit the quarterback low. They were like, that's the Tom Brady rule, right? Then somewhere along the lines, they came where you can't hit above the shoulders, right? That became the rule. So as a defender, you have this span of area that you can actually hit the quarterback. Grady Jarrett did that. He went in there and he grabbed him. And it wasn't until... The Brady kick, which nobody's talking about, right? Because as Grady Jarrett's getting up, he wasn't talking junk. He wasn't standing over him. He's getting up from an awkward position, and Tom Brady kicks his leg up to, we all know, to a a very sensitive area on on a man, right? Kicks his leg up and then kind of rolls around to try to get up, gets in in the face, and here comes the flag. Why the flag? And nobody can explain it. 
Well, I can and, explain it. <laughs> and then you listen to the to the referees try to give an an explanation, and they said, "Well, it was the force that he took him down with." Oh, I, you got to be kidding me! You've got oh, to be kidding me! I'm waiting to open my me. mouth. Oh, well, I mean, oh, you know, it it's a it goes back to our previous podcast, right? And when we talked about concussions in the NFL, and this is they first of all, the NFL left the the referees out to hang this weekend because I guarantee I had bet my life that a memo went out to the officials, the, the, the officials association, whatever they call themselves, right. That said, Hey, this is a memo. This is how we have to protect the quarterbacks this week. Right. Anything close you throw in the flag. Like we're trying to make a difference. But let me ask you a question and I'm going to let you continue in that memo. Did it identify the quarterbacks that they need to, Pay special attention to. No, I, I don't. I don't think that they did that. But look, I, I can't go through on how many times Tom Brady's been roughing the passer. Um, I just think well, going back on it on whatever reason, they saw something where if it looked like they were being thrown to the side and maybe hitting their head, they were going to call a penalty because that and the same thing with with we'll get into in the Kansas City Chief game which made the fans go crazy was the sack on, on Derek Carr, which again, it was a fumble and it was a fumble. The ball was out. Not only did they get robbed of the pass of the rougher in the past, they lost a football on that play because the Raiders, the, the Raiders, um, uh, the chiefs recovered the fumble. They didn't even call it a fumble or they recovered the fumble, but they called it rough in the passer. So they lost out on the ball. Dude, the ball is out. What protections does Derek Carr get when the ball is out? When, how does that ever happen? You know how many players were on the ground and, and a fumble and people are, are flying in with their shoulders to hit people on the ground that are defenseless, and that's never a penalty? But we're protecting Derek Carr on a fumble? That's a joke. I mean, look, people in Kansas City, I love you, but you're making out that play out like you guys got robbed big time, Okay. The Atlanta Falcons got robbed big time because that was in the fourth quarter with four minutes to go, and it was going to be fourth and long. Now, I know they still had a shot to get the first down, right, and anything could happen, but it was totally different at the end of a fourth quarter game when you're trying to hold on to a lead than in Kansas City in the in the, in the the second quarter. It's not the same. It's not the same. And at the end of the day, that call that went against you woke you guys up. If that play did not happen – yeah, you may have kicked the field goal there. Maybe, maybe you score a touchdown. But the momentum swing on that sideline, forget the fans, where everybody said, you know what, they're out against us. And they all banded together, and the concentration level went up, and then they were, they were hyper-focused, and they, they, you know, what they outscore them. They outscored them, what, 30 to, to 6, 30, 30 to 13 from that point on? That woke up the bear. And then the fans woke up, and it was hostile. It was hostile. Uh, that night against the officials, I was surprised somebody didn't do stupid something. Dude, some, somebody didn't do something stupid in the stands and come on the field. It was that hostile there, but it's not the same thing. It's just it's a not, joke. Um, it's, it's not. It's, and and it, you brought up a great point. You brought up a great point because the time of the the timing of the play. Yeah, I, I've seen the the posts that have come out there. You know, this player's been sacked this amount of times, and this one. That yeah, but there, there there's a complete difference in the in the argument, right? Well, and, the time of game, where it's at, absolutely. right? 
Yeah, I, absolutely. And, and this situation that you explained is is perfect, right? This was a game changing call that yeah. had no merit. Jerome Boger, I, I, I've never been a fan. I'm partial because you know Morehouse. Sorry, so I, I give you that, Jerome. But that's it. I no, mean, but I, I get it. He's being a field. puppet. He's being when, a puppet. He, he has a history of these calls that just defy logic. Right, this one defies logic. Unless you're right, unless they told them in a memo, right, any sack that isn't a two-handed because a quarterback slip is going to be called as a roughing the passer because this was a legitimate tackle. This was a legitimate tackle, and for you to throw that flag and then to try to defend it by your your statements, they 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 hold no merit. And you know, to take it a step further, Stevie D, it was a five-point game. Right. I, I don't know. And I guess maybe I should have looked up to see what the spread was. But I do know that 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 play could have impacted the betters. Right. It absolutely could have. Momentum was completely on the side of the Falcons making that big stop. The Buccaneers defense has been somewhat suspect. The Falcons had had all the momentum leading up to that point. Who knows? Right. Maybe they go down the field. Maybe Cordero Patterson, you know, scampers for 45 yards for a touchdown and the game's over, right? And the Bucs are sitting there looking like what could have been. And the Falcons say, hey, this is because Grady Jarrett was able to get through and, you know, beat the tackle and, and get in there and get the sack. You, you, can't, you can't do things like this. The, the integrity of the game is, is in question when you have these types of calls. The other thing that bothers me about this, and it's not – that the NFL is putting the quarterback on a pedestal against every other player. Sure. So a quarterback, most quarterbacks are of a decent size, but regardless, you have a helmet, you have shoulder pads on, you can have thigh pads, you have you have all the pads on as anybody else. Okay. And if you're Steve no. Grogan, what do you have on? The neck roll. He started the neck roll. Um <laughs> If you take a 160-pound slot receiver, he's not getting, unless you're getting hit to the head, you get a defenseless receiver call, right? You yeah. get that. But if you get hit from here to to your to your ankles, it's all it's all game on, right? As long as you don't hit helmet to helmet, right? Or leave with your helmet, pretty much any spot. What they deem a non-defenseless receiver is called it, – it's not a penalty. Unless they're defenseless, which I think is a great call, right? If the play is not there, don't lay somebody out uh, where you can kill them. Um, I, I miss the hard hits, but we got to be smart with the hard hits. I love drop the shoulder and bury the guy. Don't leave with your head to bury a guy. Um, only, only thing with that – the only thing with that, Stevie D, is when you have – the defenseless receiver, when the ball is thrown way over his head, I'm all in favor of that, right? What, what are you doing? But when the guy is stretching out to catch the ball, right, and he's got it right here, the ball goes through his hands, and you're coming in with that impact right, right, almost simultaneously. Yeah, fair point. And then you get the flag thrown. Yeah, yeah. You, you, it, the, no, I'm with, I, I'm, I'm with you because I don't consider that a defenseless receiver. I don't my, know. my definition of a defensive receiver is what you said over over the head, right? And you're and you're taking a shot because you know the ball is not catchable anyway. And you know what? You're you're just looking to hurt somebody. You get that big hit, 
I agree that those plays shouldn't be there. Anything close by touches your hand. You're you're fair game as long as you stay away from the head, head and neck. Stay away from the head and neck, right? Yeah. I just I don't understand. I mean, I understand it because quarterbacks are the money position. But to me, if I'm a slot slot receiver or a small running back, where's my love? How come only the quarterback? You got to be fair throughout. You have to be fair throughout, and and they're not. Think about your kickers. Think about your kickers. They get no love. They can get run over. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Pete Manning said it the best. I was liquor up kickers, right? You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> but they have the least amount of pads of anybody out there, and they some of the kickers throw throw, throw their head in there. And let's go, right? They're a football player. Your guy, your guy from your company, I think, right? I mean, that guy was on tape or somebody that you knew that was on the tape oh, back yeah, in college yeah. of Florida or something. I yeah. mean, you show me the tape of that guy. I mean, that guy was crazy good. Should have been a linebacker. But, um, uh, yeah, it, just, he, it was. He was a linebacker, converted into a putter. <laughs> but it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shame. Um, it's a shame what happened to the Falcons because they got cheated. Um, you know, Arthur Smith did not take the bait. Um, he, he took the high road. Um, and, and not complaining, uh, man, that takes a lot of guts. I don't know if I could have done the same thing, uh, about it, but to me, if the chiefs, this is him on the sidelines. Yeah. And so I want to know what he was saying into those hands. <laughs> true. True. I, I, I just I, don't I, know what either player in week five were supposed to do. Right. What's right. Chris Jones supposed to do? He's making a play, makes the stack. The guy fumbles the ball. He falls on the guy. When have you ever been a penalty of falling on somebody when there's a fumble? Dude, and he braced. He braced himself. He didn't come down like, all the way. Yeah. He braced yeah. himself. Yeah. And so, but this is where I go back to the whole replay aspect, right? Every stadium should have an independent uh, review official that is watching the game ten seconds behind. And as soon as that plays there, that plays available to him, and he can see it. What's going on? And it's a quick buzz down. Hey, man, I, I think you missed that defensive pass interference. They were going back and forth. No call. Pick up the flag. Right. Uh, I'm not saying on a holding call. I'm not saying on a illegal motion. Right. But offensive, defensive pass interference, roughing the passer penalties, late hit out of bounds type plays. You know, real impactful plays. Go and take a look at it because they're game changing. And we all seen in this league, man, you can get fired. Well, One or two funny. games don't go your way, you can get fired as a coach. Got, it's funny you say that because this is something that you and I have talked about in the past. Um, and if you do something like that, right, um, then I would say take it a step further. Reevaluate the whole penalty uh, situation. We, I know we weren't talking about penalties. That, that wasn't right on the agenda, right. but you, you brought up something. Because you could have an offsides penalty and then you could have a 15-yard face mask penalty or a horse collar penalty. Let's let's call it a horse collar, right? Um, and so now you have the 5 and 15, but somehow magically they offset. The horse collar could ruin somebody's career, right? That That player from that play could be out. But because somebody uh, lined up in the neutral zone or somebody whatever, what illegal formation, all of a sudden those penalties are gone, right? That momentum is gone. 
right? I imagine, you know, you have something and you get a long pass and then you, you got to bring it back, right? Um, the, I, I think there needs to be uh, a reevaluation to how they administer the penalties. I think anything outside of the 15 yards should stand on its own. Anything in the five and 10, which then in that case, to what you're talking about the reviews, you're only reviewing the 15s, right? You're, you're not reviewing the holding. You're right, not reviewing, right. you know, the illegal motion. You're not reviewing in the, you know, in the neutral zone. You're reviewing personal fouls. You're reviewing not defensive holding, but pass interference, right? Those are the ones that you're focusing on. And those are the ones that should, should stand apart. You know, let's do simple math. Uh, what's 10 minus 5? Well, you're asking me five. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, so you got five, right? So I get a, uh, a neutral zone infraction, which is a five-yard penalty on the defense. The offense gets a, a five, ten-yard holding penalty. Instead of doing offset, shouldn't the, the offense just move back five yards? Yeah. Play to play out, however it ends. If they do a 30-yard pass play, the play still stands. They just are, move are back you, five are, yards. Are you saying that you want Jerome Boger to sit there and do math? He can't even see a play clear. Let alone sit there and try that, – that was 10 yards. I, I just hate the offsetting penalty. I do too. We can't do math. We can't yeah. do simple math. We, we can't call simple plays. Man. I, I, just, just me saying. Any, anyways, uh, it, it ended up being a, an interesting finale to that Chiefs-Raiders game. A lot of people are talking about – the way Josh McDaniels, Andy Reid went for two points, right, failed. But then Josh McDaniels, when the Raiders scored, um, ended up going for two points. And we talked about it. I was not a fan of going for two, right? I've heard uh, I've heard others say go for two on the road. But to me, this, this was a situation where if you miss the two, you got to stop them, right, to get the ball back and to try to score. Why not kick the field goal to give yourself some assurance and then be of the mindset, I have to stop them, right? I, now you stop them. Now you're going for a field goal to win, right? I, I don't know. It, it, it just – it did not – that did not sit well with me. And I'm going to tell you one more thing, Stevie D, that didn't sit well with me was in – I'm diehard Bills Mafia. Love Kelly. Love Thurman. All of that, right? Back in the exhibition game, our first one, um, we had the ball last last drive, basically, and started out with passes to McKellar and to Reed, gave the ball to Thurman, went back to McKellar, went to Reed, right? And it was a passing game. And I'm screaming to the top of my lungs, give the ball to Thurman, right? Because Thurman was chewing up. 10, 12 yards against the Giants. Belichick at the time was calling a 2-5-4 defense. Basically, he was giving up the first five yards at the line of scrimmage, having his linebackers drop back in coverage, right, to try to take away that passing. And so Thurman was chewing that up, right? I give you that as the example, too. I'm looking at this game. The Chiefs and the Raiders are playing. Josh Jacobs, who has been much maligned throughout this year, right, was killing, killing the Chiefs, gashing them. Seven, eight yards a pop. When you do a passing play, 
and you make a completion, it takes you 20 seconds to get to the line of scrimmage. You got the fat offensive lineman, no disrespect, but you got the fat offensive lineman having to run all the way down 20, 30 yards to get there, right? When you do running plays, you get 10 yards of pop. They're already halfway there, right? Your receivers are not all the way down the field. So you're able to get back over the ball. If you need to spike it, you could do that. If you want to call another play, you could do that. But they decided they were looking for big chunks, right? Big chunks. And by going for those big chunks, they put themselves into that situation late, late in the game, last two plays basically, where they did passing plays, left them with – first they left them with a third and one, incomplete, left them with a fourth and one, right? At that point, it, it's almost, uh, it, it's almost a, a cat and mouse thing now at this point. Right, because the Chiefs now think that you're going to try to run Jacobs. You pass again, maybe okay call, except for you pass, Adams can't get off the line of scrimmage, Renfro runs into Adams, game's over. Game's over. Bad play calling. Josh, Bad you know, you thought Josh McDaniels would have learned from the Super Bowl. Ooh. Got to run the football. I mean, I mean, their team made the play. But it was right there for you to see it. Like, I, I agree with you. I cannot believe they didn't run the football. It made zero sense they didn't run the football. Um, just poor coaching. But you know what? I, I could, I'm conflicted now at that point in the game, right? Because I want the Chiefs to lose so they had the same record as the Jets, but I can't stand Josh McDaniels. Like, when I tell you I loathe Josh McDaniels, I want him to lose every game. And then I, I got really conflicted. So when it, when it was all said and done, he lost the game. I was still laughing. Because uh, because it's Josh McDaniels and uh, and I I think it's despicable that the Raiders gave him an opportunity. He should not have an opportunity to coach. He didn't pay his after, dues after to make a mistake. Right with the after, Colts, he didn't pay yes. his dues. Right because he went crying back to Daddy and Daddy give me a job and he went back to New England and and he really hasn't paid his dues. And the Raiders come along and and just give you the job. Nah, that 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 doesn't sit well with me. And I wish him nothing but losses. And I hope he gets fired. But then again, he'll probably go with Daddy. Daddy, can you bring me back? Right, and, and Belichick <laughs> will take him back because that's all he does is bring back all his failed coaches back to his to his little huddle over there, so they can all cheat again. Oh, anyway. So Stevie D, uh, as I mentioned, you know, I, I I thought of that as a trap game for the Chiefs, but we do have this upcoming game, four twenty-five. CBS clear cleared the the docket. Right, they, this is what they're calling. The revenge game. It's not a revenge game. I, I don't believe in a revenge game. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. First of all, a revenge game is something where um, you – something had to go – look, it was 13 seconds, but that was by bad coaching there at the end of the game that put your team in the position to lose. That's right. right? I don't look at it as a revenge game. First of all, a revenge game in the middle of the season, I don't believe in that, right? Teams are focused. You're just another team in their schedule in the way to, right, secure the division title, secure the one seed, and make it a way through the playoffs, right? And if, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't happen in the same calendar season, there's no revenge. Right. Too, you too think the players look at it as revenge? Kyrie Elam is like, what, what revenge are we talking yeah. about? Oh, well, are we talking about Friday the 13th? 13th? What is the 13th thing you're talking about, right? No, exactly. I, I, don't, I don't believe in that. And, and no, I, I just don't. 
I think it's a media thing to hype things up and, and they call it. But if you look at players in the locker room, they can care less about that game last year. It's all about their focus right now at the present time. And that's winning this game, continuing that division title run, right? And keep pushing towards the number one seed because that's the right, right? That's the goal of any team is to get to the yeah. one seed. You've got to get that one seed, right? Yeah, Not the one and two it. seed anymore. It's the one seed only that matters. You so, did it. Yeah. You you so. get that one seed one game and you're in the championship game. Yeah, the one that matters for the rings, not the exhibition, the championship game. <laughs> <laughs> so you know where you know where I will be at four twenty five, um, and and again, if you're listening to this podcast and you have the cell number, do not call. I, I'm just putting the PSA out right. Do not call. Don't don't say hey, great play. Hey, you guys look good. Hey, nice run. I don't need to hear this. No, don't it, do that. It, it, it's funny. Like a couple of weeks ago, I don't even know what week it was. I think I called you, and okay. and, and you didn't pick up. And I'm like, and, and you say, you you realize like the game's on. I had no idea you were playing at that point in time. I thought you had the other time slot, so I had no clue you were playing. <laughs> yeah, so you know. <laughs> It's true. You don't call. I mean, I think somebody who came, somebody started calling the house, and Rich is like, "Dad, we got to get the phone." No, the game is on. People have to know you're going to call. You get two and a half minutes in the commercial break. Two and a half minutes. So you got to make it quick, quick and done. That's it. So, and even I, mean, I, 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 I mean, may push you to halftime. I may just look at it. And I'll call you back at halftime. I mean, I got there, my mom trained. I got my mom there's trained. There's only one person I will talk to. And he's right there. <laughs> That's the only one I will talk to during a game. That's it. So people, please understand what I'm saying, right? Not, not that I'm trying to be mean or anything. That, that there's a certain yeah. period of time. And, and, and it's like sometimes, depending on how the game is going, it's even worse, right? So if things are not mm-hmm. going my way and you're calling, I'm getting really pissed. I'm like, who the hell's calling the house? In, in a game, we're not doing good. I, I get upset. I mean, the dog will come in the room barking. I'm like, I'm going nuts. I'm focused. I'm hyper-focused at what's on the screen. Um, and so, yeah, I, I'm bad with it. But, again, you, you get the, you're, you're, you're the same one, right? You get that pass as well. We're we generally text. We generally text, though, during the game, right? Oh, absolutely. Just in case. Because you never know, right? Just, yeah. just in case. Well, you know, you know, what was it? The one time I said, hey, just so you know, the doctor is in tonight if you need me, right? <laughs> I mean, so that's an inside joke that we have. You know, that's like uh, when something doesn't go well in a game like we should have had and, and you let it go, hey, the doctor's in, man. You, you need to get something well, off your chest, the doctor's in. And we know when it's a bad situation, you, you kind of just let it go and you wait for the other side to say, I'm okay. I wait for that phone call. I wait right. for it. I don't you, text. You don't I don't nothing. Then, and then you okay? Yeah. And then and then you get prepared to be like these damn jets. <laughs> 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 I get it. <laughs> or vice versa, you know yeah. the bills, yeah. right? So, um, the last thing, and and you know this is we say that we're going to do this every show. Brett Favre needs to go to jail. Period. Exclamation, 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 right? Um, but, you, you know, you know how they say, watch the birdie, right? Look over here so you're not being distracted. So you're distracted so you're not seeing what's happening over here. 
Why in the world are they dragging Marcus Dupree in the middle of this? Now, all of a sudden, Marcus Dupree, why? Because he's a football player. He's a football player, right? Is that you're trying to say, well, it's not just Brett. You know, it's Marcus Dupree. Or are you saying because he's a famous Mississippi guy? So is Brett. So they're kind of equals. And so now you're shifting it and moving everything over to Marcus Dupree. And all the media that we've asked about for Brett Favre, well, they decided to give it to us, but give it to Marcus Dupree. Brett Favre is still hiding in, in living in shadows, and you don't hear anything about Brett Favre, right? I, I am making this a big point based on the magnitude, right? And, and it may not be huge in the magnitude of, you know, full dollars and cents, but you're taking monies away from the needy. Right. Isn't that what this country is predicated upon, that we we live for our brothers and our sisters? Right. Yearning to breathe free. Right. That's a, you, all these things that you've heard of, these mottos or whether it be on the Statue of Liberty or wherever. Right. We're, we're to help one another. We saw us do it when 9-11 was there. Right. It didn't matter who you were, what race, what color, what creed, what religion. It didn't matter. We were all one. We were Americans. We jumped in and we helped out whoever needed to be helped out. Now, after that dust settled, no pun intended, but after dust settled, then this place goes crazy again, right? But you, you look at this, these monies were allocated to help the less fortunate. You are fortunate. You could sit there and use your name in notoriety and do some level of fundraising besides the one you already do that you skim off of, but you could do some other type of way to garner some, some level of funds and then donate that to the volleyball. But you don't take from the less fortunate. Yeah. That's, I, 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 that's, that's the problem I have with this, right? There's other things that happen that, you know, you look at it, you roll your eyes, you shake your head, you're just like, you know, no, this is wrong. And people have to understand how wrong this is. And it, it just, this is what bugs me. And this is why Brett Favre needs to go to jail. Misappropriation of funds. Stealing, really, is what it is. Yep. Mm-hmm. However you want to look at it. And quit putting Marcus Dupree in the middle of it. Right? Don't watch the birdie over here. Look at Brett Favre and, and let's, let's address that. And that's all I got, man. That's all I got. I, I just I shake my head, but you know, we, we like to have on our little scroll that goes across our topics what we're gonna talk about. But I want to make sure that everybody sees and, and everybody's aware that Brett Favre needs to go to jail. Right? And he does. And now the te- more text messages are being leaked and coming out. Yeah, it, it doesn't look good for you, Brett. So I hope you have your affairs in order because uh you know, there's there's a nice federal penitentiary waiting for you. Now that would Let's be see. funny. That hey Brett, hold, hey Brett, hold my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drop the soap, buddy. Don't drop it. So, well, listen, uh, that's gonna wrap it up for Stevie D. Uh, definitely want to say um, to the Arizona Cardinals, you know. We're watching you, right? <laughs> Obviously, you're watching us, but uh, and we appreciate it, right? Give us a like, give us a subscribe. We appreciate it. 
but you know, don't do things in, in darkness like Brett Favre. You know, come on out. If you have an issue with what we're saying, be a guest on OW Sports, right? Talk about it, right? Talk about how you don't like Stevie D uh, saying that Tyler Murray or Kyle Mur- uh, Kyler Murray has no football IQ. Right? Call him out for that. And I think he's going to go right back at you and say, see exhibit A, B, C, and D. <laughs> and also, by the way, why do you have a kicker come on the field <laughs> that is missing, right? So – uh, but we, we welcome that, right? And uh, the mailbag slowed down. We had a couple, and I did not, and maybe that's why I didn't bring it up, Stevie D. We had a couple more, but, uh, you know, please shoot us an email. Go to the website, owsports.net. Obviously, you hit us up on IG, Facebook, Twitter. We're out there. Uh, we, we can be found. So for my co-host, Stevie D, I'm Vince. <laughs>